Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. For $5 a month, you can actually see the Thin Green Line interviews and other video content on Patreon.com. Just search the Thin Green Line podcast on Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and feel like you're part of the conversation. Join us. Well, this one, guys, is just fun, Wayne, and I know I'm uh, kind of preaching to the choir here, but uh, part two of Cody Stamen here on our Thin Green Line podcast, and what an awesome conversation this was. You know, it went so long that we we had to go into a part two. That's only happened one other time with Barry Kirch, our Shine Down mm-hmm. drummer buddy. But man, Cody brought so much more to the table in this conversation than, than being a champion MMA fighter in the UFC circuit, right? No doubt. Uh, the depth of what his conservation background is and... I think in part two, especially when we talk about, without giving it all away, when we talk about dealing with people that don't share your same views, right? right. And we have so much polarization in the country right now, like we've been dealing with and, uh, you know, all this pandemic panic and everything going on through COVID and something that Cody brought to light that we got to share our experiences with him. He actually catalyzed something in you and I is how much we need to just listen to everybody and let everybody have their voice and have an opinion. Everybody has, you know, uh, a legitimate perception of what they perceive is going on in their frame of reference, whether it be political or not. And we don't all have to agree but we should agree to disagree at least, you know, mm-hmm. and we should agree that we need to get along and foster more unification versus polarization. And, uh, you know, and you would not expect on a stereotype to see an MMA fighter being very tolerant of other people's different views. Right. <laughs> and he is actually, as he puts out in the story, in his story that he's been stereotyped before, you know, they think he's a thug because <laughs> he's this champion fighter when he's anything, but, you yeah. know, an amazing young man, heart of gold, a uh, true patriot, a gentleman, you know, and basically a sheepdog, a protector, not, 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 you know, n- not an aggressor out there. And, and that's what I thought was one of the most beautiful parts without giving it away all the depth we're going to talk about in, in the second part of this, as well as everything else Cody's about as a fighter and a conservationist, man, what a, what a great conversation. No, it certainly was. It, w- it was great to get in depth with Cody to, to find out all those things because I don't think a lot of people do or they take the time. I mean, when we have our normal conversations with people, sometimes we don't get the time to get to know them. And But I think communication is the key to all, all of this. If we have that conversation and we can start to relate on some level, uh, we're just we're, we're better off as a person. And this is, without actually seeing, sitting down with Cody, you guys, this is getting to know Cody. And that, that's, it's pretty awesome to, to have that interaction. I was wicked excited. And it, it was just wicked excited to know at what level that these guys are, are fighting at and that a mental game is almost as important as the physical game and to have that mental state to have that calm before the storm i found that very reflective and i, I remember going into a wrestling match having that same calm before the storm focusing and now 
I, I, I watch these fights in a whole different way, John. I, I look at these guys and I watch their mental state, just like we talked with Cody about. And I'm I'm trying to get in their head now. What, what's he thinking about? Is he focused? Is he by by picking these winners? Uh, it was it was re- it's, it's been interesting for me to 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 kind of look at that now that he's brought that into it and, and that mental game and how important that is. And you know, certainly uh, in every aspect that we do, I know no matter what, before we go into the podcast, we get into a mental game. We start to, to process it. We start to think of it so we're in the game. Same with Cody. And the same thing everybody should be doing. Before you get in the game, start getting your head in the game. And I think that was that's a good lesson learned from young people to old people. Yeah, I, I think it was dynamic conversation. And you got a lot of good stuff going on, John. you got to share uh, some of this new exciting stuff because I'm excited for you. I'm excited to, to see you going on. I know you got a new hat on. If you guys are watching on Patreon, John's got a new hat here. He's going to be wearing a new hat. So that, that's a wicked cool to show. Wicked exciting just as much as Cody Stamen, the UFC fighter. I'm as much excited what you're going on, and you're, get, you're going fast, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Wayne, I guess I guess overall you and I wear a lot of different hats, right? Mm. To, to you know, no pun intended, but what we really do. And part of what I'm doing with Monster Energy and Can Am and, and Kuyu and, and and all of these sponsors I'm gonna talk about in a minute really come to the reason we wear all these hats, and I'm, I think I'm speaking for both of us here, is we're trying to bring the thin green line message of conservation, of public safety, of outdoor uh enjoyment, you know, for the good of the nation, whether you hunt or fish or not, but just preserving our wildlands, waterways, and wildlife out there, you know, for all good reasons, right? The cool thing about Thin Green Line podcast is we go outside of the comfort zone with traditional conservationists. You know, we don't just talk to hunters. We don't just talk to anglers. We don't just talk to game wardens. We talk to people outside your and my comfort zone that we've grown up and they've been our closest allies and our closest friends and family. And now, you know, we're starting to build bridges and, and, and doing projects with other areas. Um, MMA fighters like Cody, you know, rock and roll drummers that are, mm. you know, conservationist and second amendment aficionados and feel the table, you know, connoisseurs as well in, in the, you know, rock and roll professional world. You know, my history of desert racing in and around my career as a game warden has now been kind of blown up in, in teaming up with the monster energy side-by-side professional race team and getting in with those guys to bring the whole thin green line conservation element of what we all stand for and what they stand for together and network it in the off-road racing community. You just don't see that, but we have millions and millions of fans for off-road racing and racers and high dollar teams and corporate sponsors like Monster Energy, like Can-Am, like Kuyu Ultralight Hunting that's been behind me since 2014 and that supports conservation officers all over the country. Kuyu is one of those companies that with their support, I'm able to get back and go race again all over the, all over, uh, you know, the Southwest to talk, uh, the Baja circuit, all those things that I just love to do that. I really didn't do a lot of toward the end of my career because the Met program and building that special operations team was a 24 seven all encompassed last six years of your career, put everything on hold. And I'll tell you, I missed racing. I missed being in my desert racing community because they are great people. And now we're bringing the thin green line to desert racing um, we're supporting, you know, everything from orphanages that my team has supported uh, on the smaller scale way back since 2006. And we're just having a lot of fun bringing everybody together to do this and push that thin green line message even further. So stay tuned, everybody. There's going to be some updates as I get more and more immersed. I can't give away the farm yet, but I'll have a lot more, uh, a lot more details to share as we go along. But Wayne, to, to put it bluntly, it we're going, we're going, it's high speed, low drag with this team. This team won the score championship last year in Baja, which is, that is the gladiator sport of all off-road desert racing. Those are the gladiator races is the Baja circuit. One just to finish, but two to be a champion in the professional class. That's amazing. And now there's a whole lot of pressure to follow that (laughs) up. And you can imagine everybody on our heels wanting to, you know, take a, take a swap at that. And that's the fun part of it, you know, but the off-road racing community brother is just like, uh, you know, the thin green line of game wardens. We compete really hard against each other, but ultimately we're out there for the same reasons, looking after each other, loving what we do and just loving the sport and, and wanting to protect it and keep OHV thriving under the thin green line. Yeah, and that Monster Energy, they have three thin green lines I see when I see on that hat. That's what I see. When I see Monster Energy, I'm like, that's this three thin green lines there. So hopefully uh, we'll all get into that family. And, and 
you're right. We bring a diversity into this podcast, whether it's Warden's Watch or the Thin Green Line. Uh, we, you know, East Coast, West Coast, desert racing. I'm excited for you, and I'm excited to learn. I'm excited to see this as an outsider because it's something that I'm very unfamiliar with and you're very familiar with, and you're introducing me into it. And I've already had some people reach out to me and say, geez, John's on the, the Monster Energy Can-Am team. That is awesome. On the East Coast, which is, uh, it's, it's dynamic. Uh, it's, it's just really interesting. And, and I, I, I'm really appreciative. But we, we certainly bring different things to this. And I think that's what makes it exciting. It makes it interesting. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you're going to be very successful, as you have been in the past. Uh, yeah, your past endeavors have certainly set up you for your future. So that, that, that's great. Great. Well, and you said, you know, Wayne, it's funny you mentioned that because, uh, you know, you talk about mental preparation and you talk about getting in your bubble mm. and getting in your head, getting in your zone. And it's the same way in racing. I can honestly say that um, I ran my first race with uh, Brad Howe, our number two driver uh, for the Monster Energy team and learning to co-drive and navigate in a side-by-side rather than driving a quad and racing a quad myself. I mean, I'm kind of drinking through a fire hose right now. Yes. Learning gps navigation and and going at speeds that you know we don't normally that that i'm not used to going as a long endurance rider but i'll tell you man what a blast to learn a new a new way of racing see the technology that's evolved since since i stopped racing quads you know on the baja circuit back in 2013 when we started met and and just learn from the best i'm really grateful to my teammates like brad and matt and tim and, and and all the all the different people that are helping make this this possible but something we're bringing to that element is um you know my thin green line film series for recoil tv we're going to be doing a pretty epic film next year our third film we have one more conservation hunting related one here in October that's going to happen on a, on a trophy elk hunt. And I'll have details on that here more soon, but next year we immerse on the big race. We immerse on what's kind of happening in this race team, what goes into the mental preparation, the physical preparation, the the mechanics. Um, And I can honestly say what thrills me more than anything is being on a team that's so tightly woven and they work so diligently and prepare for so long all year to, to compete at the highest level they run like a MET team. They run like a tier one special operations unit, whether it be a SEAL team or what I was used to with my MET teammates. And quite honestly, I haven't been to that level of intensity and, you know, just everybody in it for each other since, since retiring from the MET unit. So this is, this is a whole, you know, this goes beyond racing for me. This goes deeper. Mm. Um, And it goes deeper for these team guys that are family. Uh, and and just to be prepared and, and equipped and uh, everything having to go wrong and then racing's chaotic man it's like the calm in the center of the storm <laughs> if you're not crashing or, or breaking down at this level so it's just like the term we used to use on the met team and that you would read about in the book fill and flow if you can't fill and flow in a race because a plan a b and c may not work out you might have to have a plan you know q s x y or z and be able to improvise overcome and adapt just to get to the finish line man i love that intensity that is pressure in the best way um just like i was back doing ops with with the boys and and uh, that's what's kind of cool about this and we're going to capture that in a film next year a thin green line film for recoil tv and for amazon and for our youtube channels that's really going to capture what this race race team is about specifically how it affects our thin green line and promotes it. And I feel very blessed and excited. And I'm grateful that you and our listeners and our viewers are part of this because it's a journey we're going to share. And, uh, you know, we're all in the team together, whether you're racing or not. Certainly well said. Uh, so we're going to go right into uh, Cody Stamen, thin green line episode part two. I hope you enjoyed the first part as much as I did just to, to get inside that, that UFC fighter uh, to, to learn that personal side, to learn that outdoor side it's certainly dynamic. Enjoy. I was getting reports of graffiti on the trails, you know, going hiking. They'd find a rock and spray graffiti. And, you know, I was happy everybody was getting up and experiencing the outdoors, but then they were bringing their culture with them, which was very disappointing that they couldn't look at that rock as a rock and how beautiful it was that they had to spray it with spray paint and so out of place. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, we need more people like you, uh, you know, having that proud moment saying, I can't believe anybody ran across some spraying graffiti. They would have said something. I, I would hope. I would pray. It's just a weird generation, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm part of it. Part of that, that really, they don't, they don't respect the outdoors. They don't understand the outdoors. Mm. They're not out outdoorsmen. Maybe you know, it's their, 
it's a, it's a, it's a family thing. It's something that they never did. Um, but I find more and more people, you know, like maybe, maybe it's because of COVID and everyone got locked up, you know, for that long period of time. They're like, dude, I need to get out of my house. I need yeah. to get out of the city. Right. right. Get out of this like mundane schedule that I've been on. And honestly, more people have like contacted me like, Hey man, next time you're going to the lake to go camping or whatever, like awesome. I want to go. You know, I yeah. want to experience that. You know, next time you're going to go hunting, I'd like to, I'd like to just tag along and see what it's like. And <laughs> like duck hunting, you know, I think maybe I've actually turned people off to it because like, I'm pretty, I'm, pr- I'm a pretty primitive guy. Like I don't go out there with, you know, like some guys go out, you know, like when they go ice fishing, they have a, a shanty and they're drinking yeah, they the whole camp. Yeah. Stuff. Like I go out there with absolutely the only the essentials that I need. I don't have, I got water. I don't have any food. I don't have snacks. I took one guy out and uh, <laughs> I just about killed, killed him. him. <laughs> I killed him out there. I mean, the hike there was Here's brutal. your 80-pound pack. We're going to hike five miles into my duck spot. And, yeah, sounds yeah, like that, a workout to you're me, gonna Cody. Put out the, you're going to put out decoys for me. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to train him to retrieve ducks too, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Really good for that. But <laughs> killed him hike there. He steps, he's got, he's got boots on, he steps over his boots. So his feet are freezing and it was frigid cold this morning. I mean, I was cold and I have yeah. a lot of really nice hunting gear and I, I was, I was cold and I was looking over at him and he's <laughs> <laughs> the first two hours of the hunt, we're just sitting there. We're not seeing anything, nothing. Yeah. Um, and nothing's coming near us. And so his, his first hunting experience was absolutely brutal, but we ended up getting in some ducks later on in the day and, I don't know if it's rewarding for him. I don't know if he's going to do it again, but uh, we'll see. I mean, hunting's hard. Hunting's really, really hard, and you got to be uh, – you've really got to enjoy it if um, uh, you're willing to, you know, put yourself through all that to, to do it. And that's the thing that, that people don't understand. It's like they think that you just go out, like, I just, like, step out of my truck, and I got my gun in my hand. Damn, and, it's done. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I walk out <laughs> the trigger. Back, back the truck up and, to it, load it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, yeah there's everywhere and i don't you know what i mean they don't understand that there's a there's a whole there's a whole process to it and then you really got to know what you're doing if you're going to be successful and even if you know what you're doing and yeah. and you you do everything right or everything that you know to do um you might still not be successful you might come home em- empty-handed and it happens more times than than uh, i like to admit obviously those stories never make instagram but um right <laughs> <laughs> you're a hunter you know that you know you stand you sit in a tree stand for eight hours you don't see a single deer and you're like dude i did everything right what, what's going on it's like they're wild animals you can't really predict mm-hmm. exactly where they're going to be you can collect some data and yeah. try to feel out the same way in a fight you know what i mean you mm. you know all you're doing is you're collecting data and hoping that you know the things that you want to happen are going to happen but like there's no guarantee in that it's not you know it's not set in stone i go sit here and you know kill a monster buck it's like you got to put some work in and uh, you know, that's probably what deters most people from, from hunting is when they actually realize how hard it is to, to, to do it. Yeah. You got to learn your animal well, both in the rink and in the wild. So you're spending some time yeah. studying that comp- opponent, just like you would that white tailed deer, like that duck to know how it's going to act. And, and then there's always that X factor that it doesn't do what you want it to do, or you don't see what it's doing. But Act- we are creatures of habit, and you must watch a lot of fight video of people you're going to come up and fight to pick out those habits and pick out your best, you know, what, how you're going to fight that fight. Yeah, so, I mean, it's basically, I mean, for me, I, 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 I'm very uh, tactical about it. Um, like, I have, I, have a loose, I have a loose game plan. There's, there's always, there's a way I see things going, you know, based on film, based on, you know, my tendencies, their tendencies. Um, and there's things that I know that I have to do to be successful. You know what I mean? Like whether it's going forward, whether it's getting the takedown, whether it's, uh, you know, having my hands in the right place, moving my feet, there's a million things that go into it. Um, and you know, like I said, you're just trying to give yourself the absolute best possible chance of, you know, being at the right place at the right time and making the right decision. And that, that's, that's basically uh, you know, the approach that you have to have as an athlete, because everyone is so good at this level. I mean, you're not getting, this is the cream of the crop and the yeah. UFC at the, at the, you know, in the rankings in the top 15, you're not talking about, you know, I think I fought like maybe one or two guys from the U S. Um, but I mean, I'm fighting guys from China. I'm fighting guys from Russia. I'm fighting guys from Brazil. I'm not right. fighting 
you know, I'm not fighting in my backyard anymore. I'm fighting. Right. You're going the best talking about, you know, th- these guys, you know, some of them are the only person in their country to, to make it to this level. Like they're one in two billion. Uh, he's the only, he was the only Chinese guy at the time that was, was ranked. Like he, he was the only one in all of China that was ranked in the UFC. So, you know, he's essentially the best guy representing a country, you know, and like, that's the guy you have to beat. And that is different than, you know, fighting Michigan. You know what I mean? You're you're talking about, you know, the most elite guys and as much as you're studying them, they're studying you and they know your tendencies. They know they have a pretty good idea what you're going to do. So you got to bring something else to the table every fight, you know? So there's, there's so much that goes into being an athlete and it's uh, it's, it's really crazy. I mean, just the fact that you're locking yourself in a cage with a guy that, you know, you know, can hurt you a million different <laughs> ways. You add everything else into it. And it's uh it's a, it's a crazy, it's a really, really crazy life, but you know, I, I, I absolutely love it because, you know, there's no shortage of, uh, you know, challenges and ups and downs and, Let's just say it's exciting all the time, you know. It really is. I've never been bored as an athlete. I've never been bored as a as a as a fighter. I mean, there's not really a whole lot of law moments. You know, there's always something happening. Absolutely crazy sport. That's why I like watching. Yeah, I, I know. I, uh, <clears throat> I I talked to John Bartolo about the next visitor show we do in Vegas. I got to time it around one of your fights, man, and uh, get get to get you some support and see in the in the arena at such a, such a big level with all the preparation you put in, and you know, given given our backgrounds and and having a team and all the prep that goes into that, I just respect the heck out of the level of dedication, preparation, and commitment and focus without distractions that you have to put in to be a fighter at this level and be successful. It's, it's amazing. Um, but consider this, Wayne and I talked a little bit, we kind of hinted at this. If you get to the point where you retire some, some many years down the road at the top of your game, Hey man, we just, no joke. I just mentored a 51 year old cadet that just started our fish and wildlife Academy in California last week. It was his uh, third career. He's totally retired from everything else. And he goes, I'm terrified, man. I'm the oldest cadet ever in the fishing game academy that I've ever heard of. What do you think? And I told him, our current chief of patrol right now started at 45 after being a very successful businessman to live the dream. So I'm not, not hitting you hard on this, man, but consider that in retirement if you need something to do because you're, you're a little bit bored. Come join think, us. Join the Thin think, Green Line. We'd love to have you. I think it could happen. I really do. I really do. I mean, it's a it's something I'm passionate about, you know, and, and, uh, I tend to be really good at things I'm passionate about and oh, yeah. not, not very good at anything else. So <laughs> it might be, uh, might be in the cards for me. Um, yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a cool, it'd be a cool job. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I, I respect what you guys do so much. I mean, like I said, there should be eight times, nine times, 10 times as many of you, but you know, the fact, you know, the, the realities of it is, I don't know if it's a, if it's a funding issue or if there's just not that many people that want to do it, but um, a little yeah, I'd love to join the, the good guys and, and try to make a difference. Yeah. And thanks yeah. a lot for sharing that proud moment with us. Cause that, that made me very proud and uh, inspired me and I'm sure it's going to inspire uh, other hunters to, to do the right thing and, and have that proud moment just like you did. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I mean, I hope so. I hope so because uh, it's, it's an uphill battle. It's an uphill battle, and uh, in the book, it's it was it was amazing to me. Like the, I just I guess I just never saw things in that light. I never really those things from a, a conservation standpoint. You know, it's it's uh, it was it was very uh, eye opening. You know, it's it's crazy, and I think like I said, that's something that everyone can get behind. Yes. You know what I mean? Whether you're you're pro marijuana, you're anti marijuana, like like I said, everybody can get behind protecting wildlife you know yeah. what i mean hey hunters okay do you do you love the outdoors well no i don't ever go outdoors well do you like being able to go outside do you like having clean water yeah i'm like yeah. okay well here's here's what here's what we're doing <laughs> yeah well, right yeah I can, I can get behind that um yeah that's just a it's a it's a different it's a different way of looking at it you know because i mean kind of out of sight out of mind you know people don't you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to get behind a cause that, that, that you don't think relates to you. You don't think uh, affects you. Um, and to know that, you know, it, it affects you. I mean, it definitely, it definitely opened my eyes to it. Um, and I think it could, you know, for a, a million other people, you know, because I talked about, I talked with, I have, I have a, a 21 year old sister who's, who's going to school at Michigan. You know, we, we were talking about, you know, uh, politics and, 
you know, all these things. And like one of their big things was like the environment, like kids nowadays, like they're, they're a little bit like hipster and they want to seem like they, they really, really care about the environment. And then I'd hit them with some cold, hard, you know, facts. And, you know, these, these young, young girls, they're, they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like the, the conservation efforts that hunters and, 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 uh, and other people put into, uh, you know, protecting wildlife is like, it surpasses anything that you guys can do by writing like a tweet on Instagram or whatever it is. I mean, you sit behind your computer and you think that like by saying something, it's, it's making this huge difference, but, um, you guys are just kind of like, like reiterate, like reiterating that hey, we have a problem. It's like, well, if you want to do something, you have to take action, right? You can't just kind of sit on your couch and be like, well, you know, I did my part and I let people know that, you know, there's something bad happening here. It's like, no, I mean, you need to get the right people involved and really make more of a, a conscious effort to, to, to make a change, not just, you know, sit here and complain about the problem, because that's kind of the, the easy thing to do that everyone's kind of got gotten into doing. Well, uh, you know, I don't like this person. I'm going to let them know on social media. Oh, I don't like that. This is happening. I'm going to let everybody know about it on social media. Like, it's good to bring awareness to that. But if you know a million people bring awareness to something and and nobody does anything like no one did anything you know and that's just that's like the generation it's it's so easy to just you know complain about this complain about that this isn't right this isn't right it's like well who is actually making the effort to step up and make a change you know and and not many people are not many people are actually willing to go that extra mile and and make the change and you know do the things that, that need to be done to to right or wrong and it's just, it's, it's wild to me. It's wild to me that, that that's like the, the, the next generation of people, because man, we're going to have a lot of complaints, but we're not going to have a lot of action unless uh, something changes. Yeah. And, and you hit it on the head, brother. All of us here on this conversation, we're, we're, we're men of action. We always have been. And it's so frustrating and so angering to see people complain and spin their wheels and not, you know, not get out there, rock and roll and get busy. Don't get in the ring. It's just yeah. some of us, everyone more and more have to step up. But, uh, you know, and, and you mentioned something when we talk about the water, whether you're for cannabis, against cannabis. And, and one thing we always push is, the whole hidden war thing isn't an anti-cannabis message at all. I mean, we have legitimate cannabis regulation in California. We do in Nevada. We do in many states. It's an anti-environmental crime message, like you said. And so it's really cool to see. We've seen the legitimate cannabis industry that typically was not so favorable to dealing with law enforcement all of a sudden going like, you know, when you notice the water damage, they're like, holy crap, we didn't even realize that. We didn't know the depths the cartels had. We're trying to do it right. We love our environment. We, you know, we don't use pesticides. We don't divert water. We don't put byproducts in there. Um, so more of a unifying thing on the environment, you know, and that's just one example of many different environmental approaches we take to other poaching crimes and try not to alienate anybody that's anti-hunting because you're right. You're not going to convince everybody. They're not going to see the joy in it. They definitely don't want to maybe get their butts kicked on a hardcore duck hunt or a whitetail hunt. You or I or Wayne would take them on, but they're going to say, hey, you're right. Um, I don't want to see poison water and I'm a cannabis user or I'm, I hate cannabis. I'm totally against it, but I want to stop the environmental thing. I think it's that, that unified message that affects everybody, as you said, that is so freaking critical. Um, I mean, we talk about messages a little bit. I got to ask you one question. You have a very subtle tattoo up on the chest, Moan Labe. And when I saw that one of your fight pictures, it's so subtle, but it means so much. And it means so much to all of us on this conversation and really what it stands for from the, uh, you know, from the standpoint of America and what we stand for in our founding fathers. Talk about the significance of that and why, why you place that tattoo in that place. It's kind of a special, special point. So, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's kind of how I live my life, uh, essentially, you know, and, and uh, you know, the story, you know, King Leonidas standing up against basically tyranny. I was going to let people you know, come and enslave his people. And, and, uh, you know, he wasn't going to let somebody just come and like walk all over him like that, that concept, you know what I mean? That like, we all have to stand up and fight for something, you know what I mean? Like something that you believe in, maybe it's not like a physical fight, but, um, you know, you got to stand up for your values, for the morals, things that, you know, are right. And, uh, you know, being from uh, Sparta, Michigan, born and raised, uh, it, it just resonated with me on, on, a million different different levels you know i have it uh my brother has it uh you know it's just it's something it's something 
that I really, I, I live my life by, you know, and it's, it's a, uh, it's a super, super powerful message, probably one of the most powerful messages I've ever heard. And, you know, throughout history, and it, it's just, it just means, you know, you stand up for what is yours and what you know is right. And uh, like I said, that's how I try to live my life. I love it. And not everybody, you know, lives to that ideal and, and stands up for what is right. And, and it means a lot, you know, and obviously it transcends into the second amendment too, which we see so much. Um, and obviously we're a little under siege on that. We don't try to get overly political, but all these things that hunters and conservationists that we thrive on is that legal and legitimate, you know, um, firearms ownership and ethical and legal and, and rational use of those firearms and everything else. So yeah, I, uh, I don't have it on my body, but I have it printed somewhere other places around my shop, <laughs> but it was really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like I said, and, and right now we are, you know, not to get political, but we are kind of in a fight, you know, and yeah. uh, it's going to take a, a lot of, a lot of strong men to stand up, you know, together and, uh, you know, fight for the things that, that, that are right. And that are, you know, lawfully ours. Yeah. And you're certainly one of those guys at the level you're competing in. I mean, you have such a good influence as, as, a, as a great role model and we like to see that. And what Wayne and I do and, you know, what our friend John Barlow's doing with educating on 2A stuff, super critical, kudos to him. Um, a little bit, a sad subject and certainly not to belabor it if you, if you don't want to go there, but you lost a very special member of your family less than a year ago. Um, I was heartbroken to hear that when, when I got to know of you and, and John and I talked a lot about that. Um, you pushed through uh, during a fight with a fight um, for your brother. And we just want to give you our condolences and our support. Um, I'm sure he was everybody you are and, and just how's your family doing and, and how are you holding up through that? And it, you're certainly doing some amazing things in his honor. It sounds like, cause I I'm getting choked up talking about it. So, yeah, well, and, and thanks for bringing it up. It is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a terrible thing, but it's a, it's a terrible thing that, you know, unfortunately, is a, is a, a part of life, and uh, you know, it, it's not fair. It doesn't make any sense. Still, doesn't make any sense. Um, but you know, I, I thought about you know what I could really do. You know, afterwards, you know, I'm not really a. Uh, things happen in life. Things are hard, um, and it's kind of like how you stand up. I mean, it's a, the cliche thing. You know, like what you know, it's not getting down. It's about how you get up, and but that is 100% true. Um, I just thought, you know, I. If I'm going to, you know, really honor someone that I deeply cared about and loved and, 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 and respected and, uh, you know, cherished close to my heart, uh, the only thing I can do is just live my life better for myself and, you know, kind of, you know, make those dreams a reality, the dreams that, you know, we talked about together and the things that, you know, he wanted for me, obviously, you know, younger brother looked up to me you know, and, and, and loved that I was an athlete. It was, it was, uh, you know, something that he talked about all the time. And he was really one of my biggest fans. The kid, he knew, he knew stats and things about my, <laughs> just, yeah. he, he, he just, he knew everything that was happening. Every interview, he watched everything. And I'm like, you know, like, I got to make this, I got to make this happen. And, you know, fighting, you know, under those circumstances was so extremely difficult because, you know, I was an absolute mess. Um, you know, it's kind of the first time anything like that had happened to me. And, and I, I really didn't, I really, you know, everybody was like, wow, you know, you were so brave and you handled it so well. But the truth is like, I didn't handle it well. You know, I don't think anybody handles situations like that. Well, right. um, yeah. I kind of did what I knew I had to do uh, as a man. And uh, I knew I had to step up and, and, and actually, you know, do my best and just go out there and, and be the athlete that I know that I am, you know, because, you know, something that he cared about and, you know, I, I know that, you know, something that he would have wanted, he would have wanted me to, to, to compete. So, you know, it's just, that's just what I did. And, uh, you know, I think it, I think, you know, I, I, uh, I never intended on, um, you know, being an inspiration for anyone, but I really felt like there were a lot of people that, you know, kind of, you know, cause everybody deals with something like that in their life. And, uh, there were a lot of people that reached out to me and just basically said, you know, like that was, that was very inspiring. Like, well, it was nothing that I, uh, intended on, on being or doing, um, it was cool to see that, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, impact some people and, and they were able to, you know, take, maybe take some strength from that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, pray to God, I never have to, to deal with anything like that ever again, but, you know, it's good to know that, you know, in the face of, you know, that kind of adversity that I can, you know, really, I can make something happen. 
Yeah, no, um, well, well said. And, and, you know, our best to you and the family and, sure. and in your brother's memory. Um, awesome, awesome what you're doing to, to make him proud and, and stand tall for him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Boy, that's, uh, that's tough. You know, uh, John and I, you know, have had through, gone through some stuff too in our careers and, and things. So it, it really hits home when, when that stuff gets brought up. Um, but everybody needs their heroes, Cody, and you're bearing that hero. Everybody needs someone to look up. Everybody needs someone to inspire too. Um, like I said, you, you gave me a proud moment today by telling me about your proud moment. Uh, hopefully we can spread that, uh, just, uh, the strength that you show, you know, through your brother's death. I mean, that, that inspires people and that gives them that leg up when people need heroes. I had a Vietnam vet after I got shot in the line of duty, you know, I didn't really want anything to do with it. And he said, Wayne, everybody needs their heroes and you need to stand up and be a hero. And that has affected me to this day. You know, I'm just like, they need their heroes. And anyway, it's kind of funny. You don't, you don't, we don't think of ourselves as heroes. No, no hero does, but everybody else needs their heroes. And I need my heroes. And today you're my hero, man. Well, I appreciate that. And it's, it's true. You know, it really does take, it takes, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. You know, people find strength in other people, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whether it's like the, the, the hero or, or whatever it is, you know, if, if, if people see, you know, role models, people they look up to doing the right thing and, and, and making good decisions, uh, you know, when they could easily make a bad decision, you know, that's, that's super important. And that's the, the only way you can do anything is, is, is by example, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I try to set, you know, the best example possible for maybe the, the, the kids that look up to me and, and, uh, you know, I, I want to, I want to say that, you know, I'm, I'm perfect and I've always been, you know, this, this outstanding guy, but it took a lot, it took a lot of lumps and a lot of uh, <laughs> doing the wrong thing before I figured out like, Hey, you know, I, that's not what I want to do. That's not, that's yeah. not who I want to be somebody that, you know, uh, you can, you can, you know, I, think about it. Like, uh, somebody said to me once they were like, uh, if you were a dad, would you want your, would you want a daughter to date you? And at the time, I was, that's a, good, that's no. a great, great litmus uh, test. Great, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I like, I thought about it for a second and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a wild animal. Like there's no way. Oh, my daughter, daughter comes home with a guy that looks like me i'm like get out yeah get out guns get out of my house you know what I, like i was like yeah that's that's a that's a way to look at it that i never really thought about I'm like i want to be that i want to be the kind of person that you know a, a daughter takes home and dad's like all right this guy he's okay yeah. you know what i mean i don't like the situation but you know he's yeah. he's an okay guy you know and and that's that was that was huge because you know i have a i have a little sister and i think about you know like when she brings a guy home i'm like man if if he's like me, I don't want him or I, you know, I don't want him around her. And now I can say that yeah. like, if he's like me. I think I'd be okay with him, you know? And that's like something you got to look at in yourself. You know, nobody wants to look themselves in the mirror and be honest and, and uh, really, really look and be like, is, am I someone that I would recommend, you know, to a friend for something, you know, and, and, and just to kind of live that, live that life where you're, you're really actually out there doing the right things. Um, it's hard, especially, you know, for someone like me, because, you know, like when I was young, I was an absolute wild animal. And now I've kind of found peace in the fact that, you know, I, I do the right things and I am, I am a role model. I am setting a good example for people. You know, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? I, I, I live a simple life and, and I just, I work hard and I'm, you know, goal driven. And I think that like, that might not be, uh, the coolest thing in the world. Right. I mean, you know, young kids look at you and like, yeah, that guy's not very cool. But, you know, as you get older and you mature, it's like, you know, it is cool to do the right thing. It is cool to be a person, you know, in in any walk of life, you know what I mean? Like no matter what you believe, no matter what, uh, you know, religion, race, whatever, you know, it's always cool to be a good person. You know, nobody likes, nobody likes people that suck. I mean, it doesn't matter what you believe. If, if you're a, if you're a decent person, you know, it, it, it echoes, it echoes and everyone knows it. You know, I mean, I have friends that I, um, I think about it like, uh, Joe Benavidez, it's just an outstanding dude, just a great guy. And like, literally like, you know, him and I are great friends, but we have nothing in common. Like we're not, right. the thing we have in common, the, the reason we met is because we're, we, you know, we're both athletes, we're both fighters. So we, we have that in common, but like outside of that, like Joe's into like, 
he's into fashion. He's a, he's a, a big foodie guy. And you know what I mean? I'm kind of like a, like a, like a uncultured, like kind of like a redneck. You know what I mean? Like I come from the country. I hunt, I fish. Opposites. You know what I mean? Like this guy's never been hunting. He's never been camping. He doesn't, he doesn't he enjoy dirty. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't enjoy the same things I do. I mean, we met because we were, you know, both athletes and we both, you know, worked hard. And so I saw him at the gym all the time. And, uh, but you know, we're friends, we're really good friends because, you know, we kind of have the same like morals and, 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 and life views. It's like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to take care of the people I, I care about and, you know, I'm going to do the best I can. And I'm going to try to, you know, be a good person to everyone I meet. And like that, that is so funny because, you know, there's so many people that I've met in fighting and I'm sure you guys can relate to this too, that like, I never would have met or been friends with, or even given the time of day just because, you know, they, they dress differently than me. They, yeah. their, their views on life, you know, their life experiences are so different than mine. Like I, I can't imagine ever being friends, but then you, you sit down with them and, and you're like, yeah, this is, you know, this, this dude, yeah, p- complete polar opposite of me, but you know, we have, you know, so much in common that we both, you know, care about people and, you know, we both are trying to do the right thing and just do the best we can with the, the, the cards we are dealt. And I think if more people kind of uh, that's something everyone can get behind, you know what I mean? Like people like good people and uh, it doesn't matter what you do, what you, what you believe in, you know, if, if you're just a good person, I think people can, can relate to you. And, and it, 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 it's, it's just wild. It's wild to me. You know, the people I've met and the friends that I have like complete, so different, but oh, yeah. Yeah. very much the same. I mean, just, uh, just doing this podcast, reaching out, you know, it's a, uh... National Women's Month, and we just did this pretty cool podcast with uh, Cindy Stite. And, uh, she, you know, just to hear her perspective and some of the things I'm doing wrong, Cody, you know, I just, you know, women to me were, you know, not equals, but be cherished, so to speak. And you did, you know, you open the doors for them and stuff. And when you meet them hunting, you know, you don't expect them to, to be hunters. And, I, you know, it's just changing that and making you a different person because of the influences you are having on your life and from every walk of life, it's just, it's, it's really good. And I got a lot of friends. I even, I even tell my guys when I work for them, have a friend that's outside of law enforcement because they ground you, they ground you. They, yep. you know, your friends in law enforcement, you think the same way you you, you eat, you drink, you do all the same things. You take that person who doesn't have a law enforcement career, hang out with them, go have a couple beers with them, do, do whatever, go, go play golf. I'm not a golf player, but go do it. And I've done it. I've done it with those people. Have somebody outside, <laughs> totally outside, so you get that influence, and that makes you a better person. And every time we have these it, openings, I try to make myself a better person. Yeah, and you talk about like a polarizing thing. It's like uh, everybody's on one side of the line, and mm. uh, if what you have middle? different, <laughs> yeah, you have different I- ideologies than me. Well, then we're not friends. We can't, yeah. um, we can't see eye to eye on anything. That's an issue. That's the real That's, issue. That is the real it's, issue so divided you know what i mean and people aren't open to having the conversation um about differences you know what i mean like you got to understand like through the different walks of life you know i've, I've learned in my life experience because i've met so many different people you know through mma and 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 through hunting and fishing and, and through life that like you know like the the people that i like i said never could have never imagined being friends with never imagined sitting down and having dinner with and you know, thoroughly enjoying their company i'm like wow you know like I've been so close-minded to, to so many things for so long that, uh, you know, like when you really start like just accepting, you know, like, yeah, this person has completely different political views than I, but that doesn't mean we're not friends. You know what I mean? Like, that's okay. It's okay. We don't have to see every single thing in our life and we can still be friends because we share, you know, common ideas and we, you know, we, we live our life in a way that is respectful, you know, and that's, that's something that, I feel like so many people right now need, they absolutely need it. If we need one thing, it's, it's understanding. It's understanding. It's like, Hey, okay. Yeah. You think this, I'd like to know why, like how they came up with the conclusion of what they believe mm. isn't so how you came up with the conclusion of what you believe. You know what I mean? There's right. so many things that influence, you know, whether it be where you're from, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's actually kind of crazy that like, it's all just, it's all middle ground and that's how we should see it. You know, instead of being like, oh, oh, you're, you're a, you're a Republican. Oh, I, I can't like you. We, we can't be friends. <laughs> or you, you can't date them. Or I've heard that before. Yeah. You're a Republican. I can't date you. You know, I can't yeah, be a Republican. Have you have family. 
podcasts like Crazy. this break down that because we're just, we're just being people and, and we miss that middle ground. And like you said, uh, politics, certainly when, when those get in, sometimes I avoid them all costs, but if they come across the right way, we can have an open and educated discussion. And yeah, they bring in points that I've never thought about and we bring in points in there and then you have a conversation. One thing I think law enforcement has failed, we, we haven't, tra- and, and, and with you can think of this with MMA too, is outside people don't really understand it. They don't understand when you can deploy a taser, when you take out your baton, We've done a lousy job of educating our public on when we can protect ourselves and others. And I just, I think that we need to do that because when close friends of mine, and I'm going to put this right on my shoulders, close friends of mine say, geez, he just used a taser. You know, was that fair that he got shot and killed? And then I have to explain what a taser does. It incapacitates you. That's a life-threatening weapon. Um, and I thought to myself, geez, I haven't done a good job with my very close friend in, in teaching him about law enforcement and yeah. how we have to deal with it. And that's that's on me. That's that's a close friend that asked me that question, which I always assume people came to know, but I guess mm-hmm. they don't. And, you know, I guess I got to have that conversation is when police can use force and how much they can use and when. Because um, the cops hate bad cops. We don't like bad cops. Like you said, that egg thing, you mix them all in. Or the bad fighter, the same thing. Um, and I'm sure yeah. that people don't understand MMA fighting too. They're, when you say you're a, you're a fighter for the UFC, I'm sure they're like, I, I could see people going, oh. <laughs> yeah. This guy like, will never be a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are like, yeah, that's cool. The other 50 are like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about you guys. I know what you guys are up to. Like, yeah. I don't want to do with you. It's like, well, I think if you got to know me, I'm not such a bad guy. Oh. Um, you don't want to get me, but I don't really you got to see that reaction on people's face though, that have never met you and introduced you. You got to see that look that like, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always funny because actually I was, I'm, I'm buying a house in Vegas right now and I'm, I'm with my realtor and it's the first time we'd met and, you know, we're just having conversation and he asked me, we're looking at a house and he asked me what I do and. I turned to him real fast, like real, real fast movement. And I was like, oh, I fight in the UFC. And he <laughs> kind of jumped back. <laughs> like, and uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm just messing with you, dude. Uh, I never would have guessed, like, that's, that's what you did. And I was like, well, I hope not. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't want to come across as a guy that's like, uh, you know, wants to kick everybody's ass all the time because that's absolutely not me. But it, it is it is actually hilarious to see people's reaction to, to, to that. And, you know, some people, like I said, some people think it's cool. Other people are like, oh, my gosh. I'm- the light fighters are the most active fighters. They're the ferocious fighters. They're, those are the fights I always want to see. I, I, it's just so much action, and you're in it. Yeah, and it's so weird because, you know, you, you see these people that are absolutely just animals in the cage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're, you put them in that cage, and they're – they're like you said ferocious they are they are vicious and you then you see him outside of the cage and someone that comes to mind is justin gaethje i'm sure you guys know who that is yeah justin is like one of the guys that like you you lock him in that cage like it's kill or be killed for justin like he is going out on his shield every time and like he embodies everything that it is to be a fighter and then you talk to him outside of fighting and there's absolutely no he's got glasses on and he's dressed like a normal guy he doesn't look like a fighter you talk to him and you're just like this is the same this is the same guy i just saw last night he almost decapitates someone and he is just the nicest guy the most you know soft-spoken guy you know not 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 a would have no inclination at all just by knowing him outside of the ring that 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 he is that like like ferocious competitor that he is i mean it's just it's amazing and and yeah that pe- more people should get to know um mm. you know athletes and law enforcement people on a personal level and then they could be like yeah like, these are these are good people these are these are just they're just nice people they're just like me you know they're not they're not you know they're not at all what i expected and that's you know always a nice a nice a nice thing like i don't want people to you know know that you know i'm a i'm a MMA fighter. I feel like I'm I'm not being a very decent person if your first impression of me is like, yeah, that guy's for sure a fighter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just a normal guy, and this is just what I do for a living. Like, yeah, I mean, fighting is kind of who I am, but it's not who I am. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's a little bit of a fighter in all of us, and uh, you know, the the trick is to you know be able to uh, separate the two. You know, and that's that's not uh, that's that's not something that that we get 
praised for. Yeah. Being, being real warriors, being yeah. true professionals, you know, being stewards of humanity out there through your profession. And it almost seems oxymoronic, but that's exactly what you guys personify, you mm -hmm. know, just like our first responders, man, you guys are true warriors, true professionals, great role models. You're promoting a good message and you can protect as much as you can professionally fight, you know, and that's uh, that's a beautiful thing to see. It really is. Cody. So man, you got a fight coming up and is there anything you want to talk about on that fight before we close out or any, anybody you want to talk about or thank or give us a little bit there? So, I mean, this fight has been in the works. It's been, it's been in the works. We were supposed to fight in December. Um, I hurt my back, tried to push it back a couple of weeks, didn't work out. So we rescheduled it for, for March. And then uh, he gets COVID. Oh, I, get a, yeah, I, I get placements and um, one of them gets COVID. And the next guy, uh, you know, had like a, a heart condition. And so I don't end up fighting in March. And so we rescheduled for May. So this, this is something I've been preparing for, for, geez, six, seven months now. Um, it's been a, it's been a long road just to get in the cage and, and, uh, you know, COVID makes everything so difficult right now. Uh, and it, just because, you know, so many people are getting false positives and all these things, you know, there's so many more obstacles that we all have to, you know, overcome now just to, just for the opportunity to compete. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited, man. I'm excited to do it. It's, I've been training for so long. It's, you know, I kind of, I kind of got, I got blue balls, so to speak, after the, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm in the gates. I'm ready to go. You know, I'm, I'm mentally, physically ready to go. And then it gets yanked out from underneath me. So now at this point, I'm just, I'm just itching for that time. I mean, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to, you know, occupy my time and, and, and get ready, but you know, I'm, I'm ready right now, you know, and, and, uh, I'm just counting the days until I get the opportunity to go and compete. And the guy I'm fighting is, uh, is, a pretty serious competitor. He's a, he's from, from Georgia. He's, you know, probably the best guy in that country. And, and he's a, you know, great wrestler, great, great fighter. Um, he's going to be a handful, but man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to kicking his butt. Hey, we're, uh, well, we're, we're excited for you. We're going to be pulling for you. We're definitely going to be watching it. Hopefully I'll even be there if uh, everything times out, but man, that this is, this is super exciting, super exciting to see it develop and, and, and we'll be pulling for you, man. And, um, Godspeed and stay safe. I know there's some training going on before that. And, uh, you oh, know, yeah. be, be careful on those hunting adventures, no injuries before the fight, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. going, doing an Ironman hunt or something out there in Nevada, but it, it has been an absolute honor and pleasure having you on, man, and getting Same. to meet your firsthand and, and, and share all of this. And thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm grateful to be here. It was a good conversation. Good conversation. I think yeah. we, uh, we talked about a lot of good stuff and I hope, uh, hope something can come from it, you know?